Welcome to Not a Unicorn Podcast. I'm your non-unicorn host, Michelle. We are having a discussion today regarding couple privilege, and I'm joined here with Jackie and Gord. We are in a V dynamic where Gord and Jackie are in a nesting partnership, and I identify as solo polyamory. So we will have a lot of things to say here today, and I'm very thankful that they're here to talk to me and to talk to us about this. So welcome, the two of you. Thanks for having us. You. So why don't you describe uh, your dynamic first off? Sure. Well, Gordon and I have been together for, um, I guess it's getting close to eight years now. Um, and we've always been open. So we didn't come from a monogamous couple and then opened it up. We've actually always been non-monogamous right from the start. And um, yeah, so that's that's a little bit different than a lot of people who are nesting. A lot of that has come from a monogamous couple them and then opened up. So that's a bit different. Um, we have four kids in our household. We also have Gord's mom that lives with us. So we've got a full household with seven people and four cats and quite a big nest going on. Yeah, and I think uh, Michelle and I have been dating for about four years now. Yay! 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 Uh, just... I'm sure it's probably self-explanatory, but maybe for any of the folks who are not aware of certain terminology, uh, would you like to describe what a nesting partnership means? I've always used nesting partner because I like that it described the dynamics of it as in like the physicality. Like we share a house together. We share like finance. We're kind of entangled in a partnership that is rooted in the dynamics of keeping a house together mm-hmm. i like nesting because it sounds cozy it does <laughs> and some folks have also described it as a domestic partnership and using the signifier there just to kind of hint or like not hint but describe that there is a connectedness in living together and the kind of the day-to-day entanglements that are usually shown in when people live together and we are not married so we're not legally married but we are common law just based on how long we've been living in the same household yeah i think common law is the one relationship type that you can't consent to enter it (laughs) kind of just happens after a certain amount of time the government dictates that you are now common law (laughs) so why don't we dive into like a kind of a two-part thing here is like one can you describe what exactly is couple privilege and how perhaps you folks have recognized how it, like even within your own dynamic or those around you, how you've seen that come up? Yeah, I think, um, like I said, we've been doing this for a few years. So the way we go about things now doesn't look necessarily like it did a few years ago. And I'm sure if I look back at this podcast in a year or two, I'm going to cringe at some of the stuff I say today too right who knows um but back when we first started we sometimes would say we were emotionally monogamous right so we weren't necessarily looking or i wasn't necessarily looking to like form deep connections with another person i was kind of like oh i have a nesting partner i have the person that i'm gonna have that level of a bond with so i i still kind of had that what monogamy hangover of, oh, I'm entangling with this person. So that means the finances, the house and the deep, deep emotions. So that's been a 
a kind of a journey to, for lack of a better word, over the, the past few years, that those things can be distinct and separate and they don't need to be in one package. Uh, so like looking back at people that I would have dated or that we would have dated, because it was kind of a we thing back when we started out, um, like we would be dating another couple, right? So there wasn't that kind of quote unquote danger of anyone wanting also that that nesting partnership or something like that. So um, yeah, looking back, like there was a lot of couple privilege involved because we weren't necessarily, and again, it was a we at that point, we weren't necessarily going to kind of let anybody into those walls of that, that deep emotion. Um, I think thankfully, at least since Gordon and I have been together, there really hasn't necessarily been the deep, deep hurt. Like there was nobody that we necessarily like, you know, discarded. We didn't get that. We didn't necessarily have veto per se. Um, at the beginning, there was kind of a person each we didn't like that the other person was dating. Um, <laughs> but we didn't like necessarily veto that person. Um, but yeah, so it, it definitely definitely has changed, have become much more aware of that dynamic that's just inherent in living together, I think is more where the coupledom comes from, especially, right, is the the nature of that living together and entanglement. And the, um, you know, privilege is a heavy word. Um, and to use it in this instance, I think the reason that it is appropriate enough to use is because society does hold the especially monogamous couple in high regard, right? Like we do privilege that relationship structure in our society um, to the detriment of others, even people who are single, right? Like, um, so to try to kind of mitigate that and not hurt people or have people in our wake, I think it is something that we need to be aware of and make sure we're not hurting, hurting people. I don't know, that was very meandering. Um, <laughs> I know when I first got into this, I spent a lot of time wanting to find myself. I felt I had spent like the however number of years being married and becoming that couple identity that where I had my wife, I ha we had our couple friends, we had our couple TV shows we watched, we did everything as a couple where like I felt that I lost my identity as who I was. And when we first opened up, I used a lot of that time to figure out like, who do I want as my friends? What am I looking for? Who am I even as a person outside of this concept of a couple? Um, and I think that's a lot of what like I ran up to at the start where there would be, I would be dating someone or my wife at the time would be dating someone and we would have influence on that relationship, even though we were not in the relationship. Like sometimes in the community, it can look very much um, so obvious, like, um, you know, benefiting from couple privilege, veto power, things of higher can, can seem so obvious that that's somebody, but I, I'm wondering if there's less subtle or, you know, less so obvious ways that it can manifest itself. Like mm -hmm. I've seen personally where, um, and I brought this up in another episode where it's not somebody else saying you need to break up with them or I don't, I don't feel very comfortable with this relationship. And then 
okay, fine, I don't want to upset this this dynamic, but it's less that internal veto, so to speak. It's like, oh, I see my partner hurting. They don't like that I'm engaging in this sort of thing. So I'm wondering if they're, sometimes that's harder to spot or that if you are in a couple dynamic or, you know, nest, whatever that type of dynamic it might be harder to spot. And, and do you think that you've ever come across those instances where it, it, it the privilege is showing but it's not that obvious where somebody's trying to be harmful with it. It's just more, what are ways that it just is there and it can be obvious that it's there uh, when you're engaging with other relationships? Oh, for sure, yeah. If you look at when you are nesting with someone in a domestic entanglement situation, you have a lot of time with each other. Um, and there's a lot of space around where you can pick up on where someone's feeling a little down or you kind of you have a lot of context to apply to understand how someone's feeling. And it, it becomes this, like, in some cases, like this imbalance of context, for lack of a better term, where if you are dating someone and you're not domestically entangled, the time you have is, I want to say more focused, or there's less of the as someone exists about their day experience um, that you sometimes can get where you can pick up that like your domestic partner is currently upset about something and you have the chance to bring that up or discuss it later where um, we sometimes project like in, in other relationships you always want to project your best self and and then sometimes if you don't if you don't ask someone some cases you don't know um mind you like we've like michelle and i we've been dating for for a while now so we're starting to pick up a lot more on each other's like tells and like ebbs and flows in like energy um but but that takes work mm -hmm. and um it is an interesting kind of thing to think that that couple's privilege does kind of lend itself to you not being your best self in that relationship, right? Like you can just, you can truly be yourself on your worst days in that that nesting kind of relationship where there's, it's a lot harder to just discard that relationship, right? So you're almost forced to, to do that work because do, it's not yeah. as easy just to kind of and you're expected to do that work, even societally, right? You're expected to put more work into that relationship. You're expected to maybe go to therapy or work through things where if someone is not necessarily as entangled, then it may be seen as that more dispensable. And, oh, you're always having a hard time, you know, when you're with this person. Why are you even bothering? Right? So, um, yeah, it's it's an interesting kind of, I guess, a little bit of a flip yeah. on privilege where it, it um yeah you have the space to just kind of be crappy yeah it's a privilege that you don't have to be your best self at all times in the relationship and that's been my experience as well being in the solo polyamory realm is that uh there is almost that expectation after a while like in the beginning it's all like that inner re and of course you're riding on the tails of 
awesome emotions and everything like that. So you're naturally, I guess, at your probably your best self because it's part of dating and it's part of the beginning. But eventually that you get settled and then you you don't always want to be like right now, I, you know, I'm glad to see you, but I am not at my best self. I just feel like being down. I feel like crying. I, I'm upset or, or you might find that there's some disagreements now or maybe things that you just kind of overlooked in the beginning part. But where I find be, is that there is this perception that uh, for folks who are just on their own that, hey, I thought you were supposed to be the fun partner or I, d- I didn't want to deal with this. Like I have to maybe I had to do a lot of work over here with my other partnership. I don't want to do this stuff over here. I was supposed to be just out here having fun. And so the feeling of, okay, well, I can just walk away from this. And I also find too, it's that it's not uh, looked down upon as much uh, to walk away from those relationships Whereas, like you said, like it's expected societally, like, yeah, go to therapy. Yeah, work on that. Yeah, make sure it works. But if they hear someone just walked away from a relationship with someone who's not, you don't have that entanglement, they're like, oh, I guess it didn't work out. Okay, fine, whatever. Like, mm-hmm. no big deal. But to the person who got left behind, it's very much a big deal. And right. it's a, like, oh, oh. And I know I put a lot of that on myself at the beginning of um, Gordon, my relationship, because we were the fun partners. For each other at the beginning like you said that nre and that all that that stuff and then when i was having a hard time or um wanted to ask more of him or whatever it was i didn't necessarily feel i could bring that in there because if i am supposed to be the fun partner and i'm not supposed to be the one that causes angst or any conflict what happens if i bring that right what happens if now there's a bit of conflict or i'm gonna ask something that maybe um, not all sunshine and rainbows or whatever, right? Then do I have to be quiet if I want to keep this relationship? Or can I, or do I get to, do I get to be that full self, right? Do, do you get the best of me and only the best of me? Or do you deserve the worst of me too? Mm-hmm. And one thing uh, as well with the privilege part is, I, I guess with, since you folks are more out, you know, we can be out as the three of us or, or even more when we have other partners around is um, when you have those who are not out and they're in a domestic partnership or a nesting partnership is that they have that privilege of being public and being mm-hmm. recognized and, and all that. And that in itself is such a high thing uh, to be able to go out to dinner, um, to, to post things on Instagram and Facebook and things like that, mm-hmm. um, without anyone even knowing whether or not these relationships are all going on in the background. Um, and I think that increases the likelihood too, of being easily discarded and yeah. such. But I think that's one thing that I think, would you agree being out kind of helps part of that mitigation process because mm-hmm. you, it, it, it's not something you have to worry about. Yeah, it's the privilege of visibility, right? Like, um, the especially, again, the people who live together, or the people who present as a couple have that ease of being out and visible. And, and then the, on the flip side of that, there's the pain of the erasure for other partners, especially when there's the closet involved, right? So um, there can be a lot more issues with that couple's privilege when there is that that closetedness or secrecy and even if everybody's kind of okay with it it still weighs on the person like to have to be that secret um and it also plays into if you get let's say a wedding invitation right or your work party invitation and you've got your plus one 
couple's privilege is not even realizing that, oh, I'm automatically bringing Gord, right? Or Gord is automatically bringing me, right? Like that's, that's, that's what it is in a nutshell is, is that privilege of, oh, that's obviously going to be this person, right? Or who comes to my family gatherings, right? All that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, that visibility and the erasure definitely uh, play a part in it. And we are, like you said, lucky enough um, that we don't have to really worry about that. Um, like we've done blended Christmas, family Christmases, right? Last year, the three of us, uh, because Gordon and I were hosting, we didn't have to ask anybody's permission to um, bring you, right? Mm -hmm. So it's just like, this is happening and she's going to be here. Yeah, it's more of a statement. It's yeah. like, well, it's going to happen. And again, because we were able to host, we didn't have to worry about that. So um, yeah, I think that definitely helps I would say, um, I mean, probably more speaking for you, but I think that does help mitigate some of the feelings of that, like feeling like a secondary or feeling like not as important when you are included in that kind of family and the the stuff that would more societally be relegated to that couple, right? That couple space and that like peak of relationships and the stuff that you do together that say to the world that this is my person. Mm-hmm. Right. So to be able to include other partners in that does definitely help. Um, that can also um, lead I'm, I, to a lot of friction as well, right? It's like, oh, the work party, I'm only allowed to bring one person. Mm -hmm. Well, you and I would just paper, rock, scissors for that. Right. Right? Yeah, at this point now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, those are really hard things um, to disentangle. Yeah. Right. So when we talk about privilege, we talk about entitlement. Right. There's not even necessarily reeling, realizing there's an entitlement to spaces and to things and to positions. Um, and that's kind of inherently like what privilege is. Right. Is not even seeing the things that you're doing as that that entitlement. Um, and that's what we really try to work at um, mitigating Right? is not making those assumptions, not making that entitlement. Um, and I also, it's not to say that we're not important to each other, right? Because um, we are, obviously, our relationship is very important. Um, we're parents to each other's kids, right? So there would be things I would ask of him that I would hope that let's say you two had a date scheduled and um, uh, let's say a family member of mine passed away and there was a funeral and it happens to fall on even your anniversary or something, like a very special date that you two have set up. That might be something where I would say, like, I need you there and, you know, can you come to the, the funeral with me? Not necessarily pulling the couple's card, but that would be a conversation I would hope the three of us could have as respectful humans to each other right it's like and that I know seems it's more a really important based, date, right? right yeah so and i would probably be the same to say i lost a family member and i like i would mm -hmm. you know and just say even though it was our anniversary yeah right? exactly yeah. i say look um mm -hmm. can i need some emotional support or mm -hmm. something like that right now and i think that's what kind of makes it different is that no matter what it would the priority would shift any at any given time and it mm -hmm. wouldn't even be a question it's not like you're asking him to come just because you have that dynamic mm -hmm. it's just and say, I'm going to pull that card. It's right. just like, 
I need this right now. Absolutely. Like this is like, same as when we have our kids, someone is going to need something more at any given point. doesn't mean you love one more than the other. Mm -hmm. It's just that you have to kind of roll with that. Yeah. It's, it's including everyone in the conversation and Mm -hmm. in listening to everyone in the conversation. I was, I was in a relationship where, um, uh, I was the quote unquote solo in the, in the thing. And there would be cases where, that the couple would spend the entire evening talking about something and weighing it and discussing and then come the next morning and be like, we, we want to have a conversation. And they would present this, the thing that they discussed and this is what we're going to do. We should have a vote. And the two of them would vote together and it'd be my vote wouldn't really matter because they spent their entire time talking about this and they weighed all the options and listened to each other for hours and talked about it, but not once during that like six, seven, eight hour conversation, did they ever kind of like think to include my voice in it? It was, well, once we figure out our plan, our idea, and we've kind of solidified that, then we can present it to Gord and have that as like the discussion. And, and yeah, that's where it kind of comes into play where I want to make sure that I'm not doing that to you or to other folks that I'm in relationships with. I want to make sure that everyone's needs are kind of weighed against each other and brought in to the discussion. Well, you feel like you have that voice. That's mm-hmm. the big thing is to have the voice. Um, and uh, so given that there are so many folks that aren't out, probably comparatively, there's many that aren't out versus those who mm-hmm. are out. What are some ways that you would feel that uh, they could uh, mitigate given those circumstances? Because we, we did talk about there is such a high privilege of having other relationships and your own dynamic without being out. But how can you, given that that privilege does exist right there, how can they maybe mitigate those um capitalizing or benefiting on that privilege when it, that situation exists. Yeah, I think some of it comes down to feeling special, right? How can you make this other person feel special when they don't hold those places that society says, oh, that's how you know someone is special? Um, like at the beginning of our relationship, for example, when we were closeted, we were I was the secret. Um, we were able to go to, say, the city an hour away where we could walk down the street hand in hand. Right. So we could kind of be that couple somewhere else, um, didn't have to feel hidden away. And I think more as our relationship progressed, it got harder and harder to be that secret. Um, and I don't know how to fix that because we didn't have to, <laughs> right? Like our personal experience. Um, but I do think it does come down to what we've said is talking about it with everybody, right? So that wouldn't necessarily be. Gordon and I talking about how can Gord make Michelle feel special, right? And us coming up with a solution and presenting it to you, right? That would be a conversation that hopefully you would feel that you could bring your concern to Gord and say, I'm having a hard time with this. You know, I'm feeling like a secret, feeling like a dirty little secret you have to keep away. Um, And it's really weighing on me, even though everything's great. Um, What can we do to to help me not feel that way. And hopefully the person you're bringing your concern to says, yeah, let's, I get that. And let's talk about that. Right. And then 
the two of you figure that out or possibly the three of us, not necessarily because I'm not involved really in that relationship, right? That's something that hopefully the two of you could come up with things and then come back to me. Do you think that given by what you're saying, that might be a sign of, of mitigating that privileges, the messages of, oh, as, as a metamor saying, I fully trust you folks can work that out and you'll talk about it and everything like that versus the like, oh, I'll need to talk to Jackie about this mm-hmm. for maybe approval or for whatever on this. Uh, the we, the you know, that royal we versus, right. you know, respecting him as an autonomous human being that could work out mm-hmm. this tor- sort of arrangement. Yeah, like, let's yeah. say you say to feel special, I want a weekend away. Just you and me, you know, I want to go somewhere. Um, and that would be something that as a respect to his and my relationship would be like, let me check the calendar Logistics, of course. And logistics and kids and all that kind of stuff. And also, how does that make you feel? Right? So it's not like we're doing this, whatever. Like, your feelings are your feelings and you just have to deal with them on your own. As human beings that that relate to each other, like, I still think in a partnership, you're going to help each other work through those feelings, Mm -hmm. right? Maybe I'll have stuff come up and go, oh, that's, wow, that's a really heavy emotion that just came up, right? That you two are going to go off and have this amazing experience that I'm not a part of, or I won't, you know, know anything about what's going on, won't know what he's doing or where he is. And hopefully he would maybe help me through with that. But that's not something I could say, no, I'm not comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. Right? Which is where we kind of bump up against, especially when people are newer, right? And you don't have to deal with those things. Because usually jealousy is, oh, don't do that. Avoid it. Yeah. I'm uncomfortable. Don't do that. Right? So it's more oh, I'm uncomfortable, can we talk this through? Rather than, oh, I'm uncomfortable, nope, I'm not okay Mm -hmm. with that. And that even highlights even more that privilege of, so uh, if we had decided to go away and, and, you know, logistically everything's fine, but then, you know, there might be some of those feelings, the flip side wouldn't necessarily happen, right? It's Mm -hmm. not like, oh, you two are on a domestic partner, decide to go to New York or Mm -hmm. decide to go anywhere else. It's like, okay, bye. Right, you have no no, say in it, yeah. It's it's not even a discussion, even Mm -hmm. if it was... You probably look at me weird like, oh, I feel kind of weird. You two of you are going off somewhere like, really? Why? Mm-hmm. Where yeah. it wouldn't seem to be so um, abnormal or whatever that if you're like, hey, I'm kind of having the certain feels here. Like, oh, of course you are. You, mm-hmm. You're like from a, from a community sort of viewpoint, it's, it's seen as that seems normal that you might not feel comfortable with that. Oh, that, yeah, that seems reasonable that you'd have to all talk it out. Mm-hmm. But if I were to bring something like that up as a solo person, say, well, I felt uncomfortable because the two of them decided to go away. They're like, what? Uh, drama. Drama. Oh, <laughs> coming in, homewrecker, whatever, you know? So, like, mm-hmm. it would seem abnormal that people wouldn't see that normal type of behavior from me to to. Mm-hmm. To see that, and mm-hmm. that's again showcasing that privilege yeah. of that. You folks can do whatever you want, and it's it's like, why would you feel weird about it? Because we we, we live together and we we do all these things together. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's as if you're not entitled to have those feelings. Yeah, right. As if feelings are something that you can decide are going to happen or not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is like it's interesting because you're you're put in a position where you're not allowed to feel those things like it's like you said you sometimes get put into those that like fun partner box or because you're not in the domestic entanglement you're it shouldn't matter but it's that 
privilege of us being able to have or bring up those feelings because that's fine. That makes sense. We're the quote unquote entangled partners. Um, yeah. And it puts you in a spot where you're essentially telling someone that you're not allowed to feel angry. You're not allowed to feel upset or jealous. And that's not cool. I think if you, when you kind of phrase it and like put on your empathy goggles and try to put yourself in other people's shoes, you, you can quickly see that that, that seems kind of, kind of bad. Yeah. <laughs> and I would hope that like in our dynamic that you would feel comfortable coming to Gord or both of us and saying, I'm having these feelings like, Oh yeah. There's right. You're going away for the weekend in this awesome weekend that like I'm not going on or I'm not able to go on or whatever, wherever those feelings are coming from as just as valid of a human feeling, right. In the, the relationship dynamic, like there's no, you know, we get to have those feelings and you don't yeah. because of the, the coupledom. I think in our dynamic, we're all fairly open with each other and there's no, mm-hmm. like we have brought up, you know, some tougher feelings here and there. And I think it's all been received fairly well. Um, it's just not something I've experienced everywhere. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I think there's so many things at play with the three of us that there's so much comfort and trust and whatever. And that's, and that's fabulous. Um, it's just reviewing like my, even looking towards my other relationships with other couples, um, that's not always the case, especially if they're not out or um, they had different sort of envisions of w- my role or, and things like that. And so, and this is a common, I think, topic of discussion and theme with those who are in solo is that of this, well, I just don't feel like my voice matters. Mm-hmm. It's not included, like you said, like having all those voices at the table where I know with the two of you, I do feel that way. Um, but it's not necessarily at the same uh it's weighed the same generally i think across the board i think it's something that in the solo poly groups that i'm a part of that's a very very common thing it's just like couple privileges <laughs> definitely mm-hmm. talked about a lot and that's why i think it's important with this podcast to have you folks in today to talk about that to bring that to the light because as we had talked about prior to recording today that uh, couple privilege discussions in polyamorous groups are always in a negative fashion that well if i'm not capitalizing on it it's not there mm-hmm. i mean no matter what, like it, it exists even if you're not capitalizing it or not but it's important to to talk about like we did today you know all of those things so thank you both for joining me here today on this discussion about couple privilege you can find me on the web at www.notaunicorn.com where I have links to my podcasts, social media, and blog posts. Till next time, remember all connections are important, so keep connecting.